Hour two of the game on K-Man. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale running the show once again. And uh, David G's right across from me, just a few feet away. He's back from a vacation in the windy city of Chicago. How was it, by the way? Chicago was awesome until yesterday, and it just started dumping snow. I mean, it was coming down in clumps. And this was on top of the flights already getting canceled. Then it starts to snow, and I'm like, I guess I live in Chicago now. I'm going to do the game from Chicago. And you I could said, have tapped you in. Yeah, I could do remote, or I could just call. I don't want to call in because, you know, that's kind of DY's thing, you know. Did you do anything touristy while no, you were there? Not this time, but we have you been have. to the Bean, and oh, yeah, that sure. is the touristy of all touristies, besides the, you know. I've been there. I don't think it's that great. There's no. also the Navy Pier, which I was like, also, I wasn't really into that as well. Like, I'll be honest with you, Chicago was a place that didn't really impress me that much. Mm. Did you go downtown, like, by the Trump Tower and stuff? Like, that area is rad, dude. I've been, uh, you know, the John Hancock building, which uh-huh. I think it's the second tallest building in Chicago, other than Sears or whatever it's called now. I've been up there, like, you know, the observatory, yes. top floor thing. You can, like, yes. step out and you're actually... Mm-hmm. Nothing but empty space below you other than a sheet of glass. Yeah, that's weird. It's a little scary, but it uh, it's also kind of cool. But that I haven't been to Chicago since I was 16, so half my life ago. And I didn't have that great a time because I was kind of on my own. I went with this big group of people, but I didn't know them. Oh. I thought the people I did know was going, but they backed out last second. So I was like kind of like a loner. Oh, it that's was super awful. lame. Yeah, a loner like, in the second biggest city in America. You know what I mean? Like that's – you got to go back. And you got to enjoy the city a little more. It is really – Chicago is a lot of fun. It is terrifying, really, truly terrifying, but it's fun. It's a lot of fun. By the way, update from Orlando, Florida. Clemson up 3 nothing on Iowa State. Coming up here in the next segment, there's a random guy on Twitter. He's actually – I believe he's a bartender in Orlando. Oh. And the last couple of days, he has just been complaining Crushing. about Iowa State fans. Oh. Lighten them up. Up. Man. Which kind of reminded me, and I'll get to it more here in the next segment, but it reminded me of the Liberty Bowl when K-State fans, they basically made burners out of their own accounts and started like saying, they pretended to be like business owners in Memphis. And like, man, these K-State people, they're <laughs> so they are so awesome. They're, they're, they're tipping well. They're spending money. They're super polite. There's got to be like 25,000, 30,000 people. I've never seen this many fans here. And, and like the local, like, uh, are you saying that wasn't actually what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Tune in here in about fifteen minutes. I am never. <laughs> I, I'm gonna tell you this right now, Twitter. I'm never logging off. It's just the most beautiful of all time. I love it. You can also find some. Uh, well, John Kurtz tweeted it out earlier about some. Uh, well, there's still a delusion with some KU fans thinking that they have an opportunity at the Ooh. Big Ten. Good lord! There's a bidding war between apparently between the Big Ten and the SEC, and uh, KU is in a position where they would turn down an offer to join the SEC. Well, I mean, Vanderbilt's probably interested. They need <laughs> someone to anchor yeah, down right. that football <laughs> side. We need somebody to beat up. Ugh. You might be speaking for Texas on that one. With that too. To the SEC. All right, let's uh, let's preview the LSU Tigers Texas Bowl coming up on uh, Tuesday, January fourth, uh, down in Houston, Texas. And right now, it's time to speak with the voice of the LSU Tigers. That is Chris Blair. Chris, before we start talking about LSU, we'll talk about you for just a moment because it was six years ago you took over for somebody who I see as a broadcasting legend in Jim Hawthorne, who was the play-by-play guy at LSU for 36 years. Was it nerve-wracking to take over that job? 
Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's, I mean, that's part of the reason you want to come to a place like LSU is more than likely, especially in the SEC, you're going to be following somebody. These guys don't give up these jobs very often. So most of the time, somebody has been there for 20 plus years, uh, 30 plus years and more. So, uh, you know, understanding what you're stepping into is, is you, know, you have to be aware of it, obviously. But I was told a long time ago, like some of my heroes, you know, you got to, at the end of the day, you got to see yourself and eventually you'll, you'll win some over and you won't win others over, mm-hmm. but that's all right. Just, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's intimidating, but you know, I think that's the reason coaches come to LSU and players come to LSU and I think that applies to broadcasters as well. I've noticed uh, you've also you you've kind of worked all over the South. You've had many different stops in your career, but now in Baton Rouge, you've been there for a while now. Is have you found the best spot now when it comes to your career? When it comes to food? Oh no doubt, no doubt about it. I mean, I get asked all the time. You know, what what's the best thing about being at LSU? Well, number one, you get the best seat in the house and watch some of the best student athletes in the country compete uh, in all three sports. I call all three: football, basketball, and baseball. Um, and then to live in Baton Rouge where, you know, you have to watch yourself, obviously, but you can certainly let yourself go in a heartbeat. Um, but, man, the, the eclectic food and, you know, being an Eastern Kentucky boy growing up in the mountains of Kentucky, um, you know, I, I, it wasn't long after being in Baton Rouge that I realized that I was built for that place. I love the music. I love the culture. I love the food. Uh, you know, I found very early on, as my wife and kids did, that, you know, you may not be from Baton Rouge, you may not be from Louisiana or South Louisiana, which is a whole different area from North Louisiana. Um, but if you embrace the things they love, they will uh, welcome you in with open arms. So I have no problem embracing everything they're about. Well, LSU has been getting a lot of attention in the year 2021, and a lot of it is around coaching changes. I mean, we could start with women's basketball, picking up Kim Mulkey out of Baylor, bringing her back to Louisiana. But the, the biggest reaction has been Ed Orgeron parting ways with LSU, mutual parting ways, and then bringing in Brian Kelly. What has been the public reaction to that coaching change? Well, I think, number one, you know, it was one of the earlier ones. Uh, I think USC had its beat. Uh, but, you know, all in all, it was, it was atypical uh, mid-season to make that decision, and it was atypical for that said coach, just being at Ogeron, to continue coaching the regular season. Um, so, you know, it was a little bit different. Uh, obviously, once that announcement was made, the next question is, who is going to be the next coach? And I think at times it got frustrating for fans that had to wait so long. Uh, but that was the plan all along, um, to make sure they, they did the search, did their due diligence, uh, and then I think once your name came out and once it was announced that Brian Kelly was coming on board, I mean, if there's one thing that, you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about what is it, how, what kind of fit is it? Uh, because Brian Kelly obviously being from the Northeast and he's kind of in the Midwest. The fit of LSU is winning. That, that's all you need to know. If you can win, you will fit in at LSU. And when you look at Brian Kelly, I think fans are most happy in the fact that everywhere he's been, he's been able to you know, put a winning product out there. Uh, one of the top winningest coaches actively in college football right now. So now he's got the resources at LSU. He's got the, the fanaticism that goes with Tiger football, the support that he'll have, the ability to recruit top-notch athletes. Um, I think most people put all of that together in a big jumbo pot, and they say, this is going to turn out pretty good. Speaking with the play-by-play 
play-by-play voice of the LSU Tigers, Chris Blair. So the LSU Tigers coming into this Texas Bowl 6-6. Six and six. Looking at the season, what has been the main storyline that has been the lead result for the 6-6 six and six record? Well, I think it started with the offensive line. I mean, the offense has just been so inconsistent, really, since the opening game of the season at UCLA. Uh, they never were able to build kind of continuity. Uh, they would have some good moments. They would have even good games. But they were never able to replicate that or follow up with that. It was almost as if they would fight the time out of the hole, then they'd get out of the hole, but then the next week or maybe the next half of the football game, they would fall right back in that hole. Uh, and it starts up front. I mean, that doesn't take an X's and O's guy to figure that out. Um, they really struggled at the offensive line. They had injuries early. Uh, there were guys playing out of position to simply to, to fill in for guys who were out. Um, so I think that's taken a toll. You know, the quarterbacks we've seen, obviously, uh, this season have been under duress most every game. Um, and so I think that's where it starts. Defensively, though, there was a change about mid-season. They came into the year wanting to go back to a 4-3, which is kind of what he came up on. Even after having success under Dave Aranda, as you guys know, as Baylor, he was a 3-4 guy. They went to the even front, and then midseason decided, let's go 3-4. And then if you look at the results of LSU's defense uh, against Alabama, uh, where they had every chance in the world to win that game uh, on the road, uh, and then also Arkansas, you name it. They, they played really well. That's how they pulled up the... Uh, victory over Texas A&M to end the season. Their defense has just has played so much better. Uh, but as you well know, and I'm sure we'll talk about it here in just a second, you know, the, the same team that LSU put on the field you know, a month ago is going to look a little different coming up this after the new year. Yeah, no doubt. And one of the biggest, biggest differences of, is, of course, going to be at quarterback. As uh, Max Johnson, he transfers, he goes to Texas A&M, and now there's a waiver out trying to get freshman uh, Garrett Nussmeyer, am I saying that name correct? Yeah, Garrett Nussmeyer, indeed. Yeah, because he's played four games, right? Want to get that waiver to not use a red shirt, uh, not you know lose the red shirt and um, have him play in this bowl game. So is that still the situation right now, if he can get that waiver or not, or is it just going to be him no matter what? Well, you know, I, I don't think so. And again, that's, that's kind of still up in the air, but I'm actually in Auburn, Alabama, getting ready for a top 20 basketball matchup tonight. Tomorrow, uh, the next three to four days is going to be extremely busy for me to simply trying to find out who is available and what position they're going to play. So I don't think at this moment, as we sit here today, we have any idea who will start and who will play at quarterback. Um, not sure if Nussmeyer is going to pull that red shirt. Um, something tells me, and again, I have no inside information. I just have a feeling that decision was made well over a month ago. I don't think it's going to change. Uh, Matt O'Dowd is a walk-on, pretty good high school quarterback out of the state of Florida. Uh, you know, he's in the mix, although he did not take a single snap this season. Um, and they've got a young man by the name of John Trey Kirkland, who's been a receiver over the last several years, but was a dynamic quarterback in high school. Uh, but he's several years removed from being behind center. But, you know, again, I think they're probably looking at all options. That's where we are uh, going into the 2022 bowl season on January 4th. You may see a converted wide receiver as a quarterback for LSU. Speaking with the play-by-play voice of the LSU Tigers, Chris Blair. So 
you mentioned their kind of wide receiver. That's a little shaky as well. But it, it, right now, I mean, there's been a lot of guys in and out of the transfer portal. It's happened on all over the country. That's just what we deal with this day and age. Is there an area of the field that you still feel pretty good about LSU, maybe a running back, Ty Davis-Price? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I think Ty Davis-Price, again, the last couple of games of the season played really well. Uh, and, again, I think some of that was, was a little more consistency from the offensive line. Hopefully that'll be able to carry through into the bowl game. I, I think at wide receiver, that's the one thing LSU has an abundance of riches in. Um, you know, they've got Jack Bess, who I think is certainly one of the top receivers in the country as a true freshman. Uh, a number of guys who, you know, I thought would get moments this season really have been the, the go-to guys in that receiving course. So I think receiver-wise, they're going to be pretty strong. And although LSU took a big hit defensively in the secondary, um, obviously, um, you know, early with Stingley's injury, he did not play after uh, you know the first couple of games of the year. Eli Ricks, of course, much is made of the fact that he got a slight injury. I'm not sure how much injured he was. He already had ideas to move on. He's now moved on to Tuscaloosa. He's going to play for Alabama next year. But if you look at the numbers and you look at the film, this LSU defense, again, going back to that change to the 3-4 going into the Alabama game, the secondary has been pretty well shut down. And these are guys, again, that were expected to maybe get spot roles, get one of those starters a breather for a play or two, and, and they've been called upon to, to start and play the majority of snaps. And I dare say the defense is better with those guys than the two All-Americans to try to do without all season. So I think the secondary is better uh, than people think on paper. And I also think that receiving-wise, they're going to give you know, Kansas State some trouble just because there's going to be a number of options to throw to deep, uh, intermediate, and underneath. Chris, got a couple more for you before I let you go. Uh, you're prepping to K-State. What has stood out to you about the Cats? Well, you know, that's another thing I've got some work put out, uh, cut out for me in the next couple of days. I've had a chance to see some of the film cut-ups. Um, I know they're very well coached, and I know they're going to play hard. And, you know, I typically find in these matchups, uh, and I'm not hanging this on Kansas State, but I just have this sense that whenever the SEC, the team from the SEC, plays another conference, they're going to get their best shot. And, again, that's not a that's not a slight on anyone. That's, that's showing how much respect this league gets. Um, and, again, LSU's going in. How much motivation do they have? Uh, because from what I've seen on film, I mean, the Wildcats are, are going to play hard for, for the entire football game. Um, and I think they're going to be a little deeper and probably a little more talented on paper across the board than LSU. So it is going to be a big challenge. And, um, you know, again, that's why we play the game. Nothing happens on paper. We've got to go out on the field and make it happen. And I'm looking forward to it. Never had the opportunity to watch uh, Kansas State in person. So another one off the, off the bucket list. Yeah, one more for you here, Chris, before I let you go. Uh, which, by the way, maybe a little bit of a heads up, you're going to be saying Deuce Vaughn quite a bit. Of course, the running back, one of the best in the country. And then you might want to also practice Felix and UDK Uzama. K-State fans kind of get on those uh, on Twitter when it, they hear the mispronunciation, but it's it's kind of a funny thing anyway. But Felix and UDK Uzama there for a while, their defensive end was leading the, the country. In, uh, in sacks and tackles for loss. Uh, actually, I kind of want to get a preview of uh, LSU basketball because you're calling the uh, top 25 matchup tonight, number 16 LSU and number 11 Auburn. Um, LSU is 12-0. and How far can this team go this year? Well, it starts defensively, and I guess that's probably the biggest surprise for everybody because Will Wade now, you know, in his season here, 
Uh, he's been a guy that his teams can get out of bed and score 80-plus points. The problem was they would give up 84 or 86 or 90. Uh, that's a complete flip this season, and, and they've won games simply by just special defense for 40 minutes. They have to make buckets, have to make free throws. I mean, the teams are having to battle eight, nine seconds to get it across the line, and as you well know, that kind of gets a lot of teams that want to work in the half to set um, because it speeds them up a little bit. So defensively, uh, they're pretty tough. They've only given up 60 points or more three times out of their 12 games this year now. Stepping up to take on Auburn, who's about as athletic and as talented offensively as any team in the country. And we're playing inside Auburn Arena, which I, for my money, uh, is the toughest place to play on the road in the SEC. It's about 9,000, a little over 9,000. The farthest feet from the floor is 43 feet. So when they say they're on top of you, they are on top of you. So I, I think you're looking at two teams that can score points. I think you've got to get the defensive edge to LSU, but how will they hold up? Uh, on the road in their first two road environment. This is a huge test. And as I told Coach Will Wade before leaving the hotel to come grab lunch, I mean, there's no need to dip your toe into the SEC. Let's just jump in head first. That's what we've got tonight here at Auburn. Well, Chris, I can tell you I might be an LSU fan for the day because I always love a good road upset. Uh, it doesn't matter where it's at, and that's a big one tonight with uh, 16 versus 11. But, uh, Chris, have fun with the call tonight, and we'll see you in a couple of days in Houston. Looking forward to it. Happy New Year to you and everybody listening, and we'll see you over there in H-Town. Once again, that's Chris Blair, the play-by-play voice of the LSU Tigers here on the game. We still have number one song of the day. David G's Ask Us Anything to Wrap the Show, but up next, there is uh, an Orlando resident that is sick and tired of Iowa State fans. That's up next on the game. Incomplete. Iowa State. Aha! Oh. Who Charlie is this? Kohler o- o- autograph? No. Oh, oh, brother. Do you know who it is, Troy? It's Queensryche. Yes. Oh. Another rainy night. Yeah. Well, Off that's... Off the Empire album, which I think is better than Operation Mindcrime, but that's just me. <laughs> Dude, Queensryche just never... I just never... No. You know. Well, I think... Uh, oh, uh... Jeez, what's his name? Jeff Tate, I believe, the, who the, was the lead singer. Boy, not only did he get himself in trouble like a decade ago by spitting on his bandmates, but even when they were up and coming and putting out some great albums, um, yeah, they never quite caught on. They weren't never a rink, really. They were never a headliner. The, <laughs> they were a band that just stuck to their guns when that genre wasn't popular they, anymore. They got too linked to the rock opera. Right. Genre, if you know what I mean. Well, did that empire is in that neighborhood? For yeah. Sure. Well, that for good reason because it is kind of opera y, you know. Oh God, give me a and break. a very high pitched voice in some of those songs for old Jeff. There, it, did you know? There's actually two versions of Queensrÿche that go out on tour. Yes, I did. Jeff know that. Tate and then a band he put together, and then the original band of. Queens right goes on tour with another singer. They share the name. Yeah. And that I want to let them know real quick, kind of breaking news type of deal. Uh that doesn't help either. <laughs> to, it's confusing for it's sure. It's really not great for you. It's it's the same thing with Great White. Yeah. You have two versions of Great White that are out there. Not good. Not good. Get them out of there, both of them. Retire them. And then you have those ding-dongs foreigner that go on tour without any original members. 
That to me is weird. That is awful. That's just playing a shell game at that point. Yeah, because you're like, you know, backstage with the honeys, you know? And they're like, whoa, you are in you were in Foreigner? You're like the original member? You're like, no, oh, no, I joined uh, like two years ago. Well, um, they played at McCain. Um, um, my name is Lou Graham. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Foreigner played at, at McCain. Ouch. I want to say 2013, 2014-ish. Um, and they... None of the original members were there. There's only one still left with the band. But wow. the singer was there, and the singer has been a part of the band for a long time. So you're still getting the, the replaced now. But um, you could tell they were like still trying to be pretty spry and pretty young. Like uh, also, I could tell they were putting some rolls of quarters in their pockets. Oh, it was wow. that kind of thing, you know? Oh boy. And they're like halfway through the concert, they're like trying to get people. Come on, guys! This is a rock concert. Stand up and all this. Like because oh. the people, there's an older crowd. They were sitting for I, most of that show. I'm why, tired. Why did I just have images of this is Spinal Tap running through? <laughs> my head? Yeah, yeah. Imagine a bunch of Troy Coverdale's at McCain. Auditorium. Oh come on! <laughs> Not standing. Foreigners begging him to stand and have a good time, and then he, they're like, "Bring, come up to the front of the stage. Let's pack. You know, let's, let's have a good pack time. this place." And McCain's like, "No, no, 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 no. That is a fine." Fire hazard, please, everyone. Well, sit down. I, well, I so I went up to the front of the stage. I was like, "What? Well, you know, I'm at a rock concert. Yeah. Why not?" It the sound was much worse actually okay. at the front of the stage. You couldn't really hear it as well. <laughs> it's because you know the just the acoustics where the where the speaker placement was. If I would have stayed in my original seat, it was sounding great. Wow, they sounded pretty good. You saw four? Why did you met? Get- the, I met them before the show. I was the first person to meet them in the because I got a free meet and greet. Oh, for foreigner, right? K Rock got the hookup. With a couple of them. Yeah, I was shout the out one. to McCain. I was the only one that wanted to go. It was a pretty full crowd in Kansas. The band Kansas is going to be at McCain next year. I, uh, my girlfriend, Lindsay, got my parents' tickets to go to that show. We interviewed the guy, the lead singer from Kansas, the new guy for K-Rock. Um, Sloan did a fantastic job. The guy is pretty cool. Yeah. And so, yeah, hopefully we get backstage passes. That would be pretty sweet. I'd yeah. like to go see a Kansas show. We saw number one song of the day coming up here in about 10-ish minutes uh. or so. And also David G's Ask Us Anything. But uh, right now it's a 3-3 tie in the Cheez-It Bowl. Clemson with the football at their own 25, first and 10. They just took over. Woohoo! Go and off With 11 <laughs> minutes to go in the second quarter. Iowa State does not have uh no, they don't Brees have Hall. Brees Hall. They don't have Brees Hall, who is uh, he's opted out for you know getting ready for the NFL draft. I honestly I don't blame him. Nah, I'm sure Iowa State some Iowa State fans weren't too happy about that, but uh, I get it. I really do. <laughs> hey, we and have then, to tip our cap to them though. They are wearing their school colors today. They are. They're wearing a white helmet. Uh, Clemson is the road team, and uh, also playing Charlie Kohler is playing for for Iowa State. He's getting the majority of the looks, if you can imagine. Uh, and also, no linebacker Mike Rose for Iowa State. That's a big loss for them as well. But still a 3-3 game, incomplete pass for Clemson. It might be a low-scoring game tonight, folks, out of Orlando. But uh, speaking of Orlando, our next story takes us down to the state of Florida and Orlando. I'm a big fan of Orlando. I think downtown Orlando is really fun. That's why I was kind of advocating to go to, if it was a possibility, you to know, go game. to the Cheez-It Bowl. Mm-hmm. Because I think it would be a really fun time for K-State fans to make that Road trip or fly down to Orlando. Of course, you have the Disney World and all that stuff. Yeah, Universal Studios, you can do all that. Downtown's pretty fun. There's a lot of bars, a lot of good restaurants. I've done it a couple of times. It's, it's, it's a fun time. But it's also within walking distance of Camping World Stadium. So you don't have to be – and it's cheap parking as well. Ooh. It's like five bucks you can park for the day 
and just have a good time. So I don't have to worry about driving and parking at the stadium. So that's also really good news. The reason I know that is because I went to a WrestleMania and I asked the parking attendant about parking. I was like, how is it not more expensive? I was like, well, this is privately owned and the, the owner doesn't want to rip people off. I was like, that's awesome. Whoever that like, guy is is cool. That is amazing. That guy's cool. You can easily cool. charge 20, 30 bucks. Dude, you, I mean, you even get close to a parking lot that's close to the stadium anywhere else. And you're paying buku bucks, man. It's crazy. It's With, crazy. Within 10 blocks of Coors Field, yeah. you're paying 30. Yeah. D- Cowboy Stadium is wild how expensive. Oh I mean, it, you're like, oh. are you serious? Well, you know, there's no public transportation to the stadium, which, it, you know, that's well, because of the, of the Cowboys. It, it, Arrowhead's the same way. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's very Does little. Does Kansas City have public transportation? <sighs> Uh, they have a, buses a, that roll downtown. I've seen, I mean, I, I always almost get killed by one. It, it's very it's very bare bones, though, Yeah, mm-hmm. for, for a metro. Mm-hmm. So there's this this guy in Orlando. His name is Doug Vernon. And I, I got to wondering, like, maybe is this a fake account? It could be. But then I started doing some deep, a deep dive, and it turns out it's kind of the – it's the dude. It, this is really somebody who is upset with Iowa State fans. It appears that he works at a bar. I'm guessing he's a bartender. Um, it's funny because when he tweets, he usually just shares a thought and then just at the bottom of that tweet also shares the special that night for uh, some sort of food or something. It's, it's quite hilarious. There was a, a tweet I saw from a few months ago about how the, the DMV line is too long and he's going to be late <laughs> for work. He's like, by the way, special tonight is cheesy bread. I was like, what a guy. He's always promoting the bar. <laughs> yeah. But apparently he is sick and tired of Iowa State fans. He's had enough of these Bush Light hooligans. The first tweet really is all you probably need to hear. He said, in all my years of serving bowl game fans in Orlando, which, by the way, I mean, there's been bowl games in Orlando for a very long time. Long, long Goes time. back a long time. He says, I have, in all caps, never been around a bigger group of rude, cheap blanks than Iowa State Cyclones. No respect I hope they never come back to Orlando or Florida. I am rooting for Clemson. Whoa. And so there's caps, right? We're talking caps all yeah, over the tweet. They, they, they all capped words were never, Ooh. rude, cheap, what I blanked out, uh, and then Orlando. Um, let's bear in mind, and I, I understand he may not be aware of this, winter in Iowa sucks. Well, living winter in Iowa, sucks period, in sucks. <laughs> so getting to Orlando for them... No wonder you're going to see all of them down there. Absolutely. They just don't get out much. <laughs> but he wasn't done there. That was yesterday. He had, more, he had more tweets about Iowa State. Oh, he's still going. Yesterday. He said oh, these Clemson, well, first of all, he said these Clemson people are something else. Whoa. Exclamation point. Been having a blast with them during the lunch rush. Does Clemson fans like go out at night or something? They do their <laughs> early birds. Yeah, yes. Courteous and generous. Love them. And he added the Clemson football Twitter account, Cheese It Bull, all that stuff. Whoa. He was very happy with Clemson. And then he followed that tweet up with, I'm just going to say it. I've never had a better group of fans through the bar than Clemson. And I'll never, I've never had a worse group of fans pass through the bar than Iowa State. Damn. Night and day. And there was a couple of times he's called them cheap. He's called them rude. Listen, man, don't expect somebody who drinks Bush Light to tip well. Yeah, real. are you kidding? Come on, man. If you're charging over... $1.75 for a bush like candy, and you're not getting a tip. Well, I've always had that theory. If you if you serve cheap beer, you're going to get cheap tips. Sure. 
Sure. But that's any bar in the country. You know, it's don't expect to have the great. You know, if you go to a much nicer place, if you go to a brewery or somebody that ser- somewhere that serves fancy cocktails, yeah, you're going to start seeing more money roll your way because you're probably going to have some deeper pockets also roll into an establishment like that. I will say this. I will say this. As someone who bartended in Aggieville at a place that like beer was the biggest thing. That 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 we sold. That was the we sold the most beer. Um, people that drink beer are more likely to tip. It's not going to be a big tip, but every time they come up for a beer, they're going to throw you the change every time. And so that's when you're a bartender, you got to remember and think about if I keep pushing these beers out, I'm going to get back. It might be a little bit of change, but at the end of the shift, it's going to work out for me because I'm going to I'm going to trade that in for actual money. Now. The guy that's drinking, you know, the uh, a Manhattan. Someone that orders a Manhattan is going to tip you one time, maybe twice, and they're out of there. But somebody drinking beer, if you're cool and friendly and you keep them coming, hey, you want another one? You can expect to get out of there with some serious coinage from that person. That's This guy, this Orlando guy, he don't know that. He doesn't think that way. He thinks they're supposed to throw down the cash. Right away on the table. That's not how it works. You got to slow play the Iowa State fans, man. Come on. So, what is like the proper way to tip on a on an alcoholic beverage? Is it like you know, if it's a three dollar beer, you tip it like, or is it like just like a dollar a drink? Okay. I, I used to know that as the uh, the common practice. Just every drink you buy, tip a dollar. That's that's the way I do it before I get drunk, and then I'm like just like, hey, three dollar beer, is six bucks. Go have a meal on me, baby. I get, I think I'm Elon Musk when I'm drunk. <laughs> I, I am the biggest. My wife is like, I'm divorcing you tonight. I can't stand you. So just to point out, you're tipping on tipping them back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, just to make sure. I just tip and t- I go, hey, you held the door for me. Here's five bucks. Great job. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I would say as a former bartender, if let's say, it was two seventy five, and somebody threw me three bucks. I'd go cheap, obviously cheap. You twenty five cents. Thanks a lot, pal. <laughs> Call somebody who cares. But if they handed me four, I'd be cool with it. Totally, totally cool with it. A dollar twenty five. Yeah. So when somebody does hand you two seventy five, or when it's two seventy five and they hand you four, do you just go ahead and just pocket the money, or do you lay down the cash and then? You just let it sit there until they walk away. I am someone who I never took it for granted because someone's going to ask for the, the college you town. Yeah. yeah, they're going to ask for the money. So I go, cool. Uh, need your change? No, go ahead. Boom, throw it in there. Um, also, if you are someone who tips, if you tip me twice and you get like four beers, I don't expect a tip on the other two because you've 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 already given me some cash. It's cool. I understand. I've been there. Where you're like, I don't have any more loose like ones to tip. Sorry, I've been there, done that. That's fine, but tipping like a quarter or you know like fifty cents, like come on, man. What's the biggest tip you ever got when you were a bartender? This dude, a guy down at Tubby's, rolled in on um, Memorial Day, and he was it was retired military guy. I made over a hundred. Like tequila shots individually wow. throughout the night, and that guy tipped me very well. Two hundred bucks just wow. handed it to me, and I was like, "You're the 
coolest guy. Come in here every time. I will personally be yeah. your bartender. Do you want bottle service? Absolutely. And he looked at me and went, and they had to drag him out of there. He was so hammered, but he was cool. He was handing out shots all night, and he knew. That took a lot. You know, it's a lot of work pouring things into littler things. So he hooked it up. Well, I was looking at oh, Doug Vernon and his pictures here, and like some of the pictures you can see, like some of the bar he works in, and it looks okay. It kind of, you know, it has like the metal on the side, like on the walls and oh, stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It kind of looks like roofing. Uh huh. Uh, it looks okay, though. Like, uh, regular Joe's would go there and drink cheap beer and watch games. But I could probably tell you right now, if you're a bartender in Manhattan, probably the best tips you're going to get at a location is probably like places like Annie Mae's. Uh-huh. You know, p- places like that or, uh, you know, the Speakeasy, I'm sure, or the, Definitely. Uh, Wine points, dive. Places on points. Yeah those, are dive, the, yeah. those are your spots. Bourbon and Baker, those are the spots. Yeah. But if you work at a sports bar and you know the games are coming up, you do have to kick it into an extra gear to make a little more money because you have to pump the beer out. You're going to have to, like, and you're going to have to watch somebody drink at the bar and when they set it down, they got like a little gulp left. You go, hey, can I get you another one? You got, you have to if you want to make money. It's the I, I've never heard it said better. It's the hardest forty dollars you've ever made being a bartender, but it's the easiest eighty dollars you've ever made. How about this one? I, I, I we're running late here, but oh, I, I want to ask you these questions because yeah. people not tipping for some reason just you know blows my stack, and I can't believe it. It, it, it bothers sucks. the hell out of me. So I'm sure when you worked in Angieville, you saw a lot of opposing fans come in through the years. Yes. So let's let's pull out the Doug Vernon here. Uh-huh. Who pretend you're him? Who is who is the rudest fans you used to deal with? Rudest people by far, no questions asked. Nebraska people, Nebraska fans, worst, Be- nicest and uh, friendliest, um, decent tippers. Iowa State. Iowa State, huh. it is an only, it is for me, it's only been in the last few years on Twitter where I've seen this rivalry kind of crop up. But like it used to be a few years ago, Iowa State fans and Oklahoma State fans, when they would come to Manhattan, they would just blend right in. And it Some, was just like, let's party. Something about Farmageddon <laughs> took a twist. It did. It took a weird turn. I think they got tired of us like sneakily beating them at the end. <laughs> that got them angry. But, yeah, Iowa State and Oklahoma State fans on the same level. Cool. Cool and blendy in. Nebraska, Oklahoma. Um, oh, my God. Um, what am I trying to say? Like, um, most proper and like, ooh, what's happening? Fans, Baylor. Yeah. Baylor fans are not down to party at all ever. They, well, they are very hoity-toity. There, there's a reason. I, I was going to say they're not even supposed to dance on campus. That's right. What are they doing down in Aggieville? You know, they see like somebody puke in a trash can, and they're like, "Where am I? Am I in hell?" Number yeah. one song of the day is up next. <laughs> Troy, cut it, Spoon Man. Cut it. Yeah, I because love it's that. time for number one song. Here we go. What? Kind of in the same genre. Oh. Oh, hell yeah. From 1965, I Can't Get No Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. How to go with somebody big for the final number one song of 2021. Thank you. Four weeks at number one. Of course, the Rolling Stones formed in 1962, and they've been going for almost six decades. 
They're rolling up on their 60th anniversary coming up here in a few months. That's nuts. That is nuts. Mick Jagger, Brian Jones, Keith Richards, Bill Wyman. And he just passed away a few months ago at on the drums, Charlie Watts. Rolling Stone's estimated record sales, 200 million. Making it one of the best-selling artists of all time. They were inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1989. Huh. Billboard magazine ranked the Rolling Stones the second greatest artist of all time. Of course, you can imagine who's number one. Yeah. Another Beats. Uh, yeah. Some folks from Liverpool. Of from Liverpool. You know, a lot of people hating on the Rolling Stones. They're, you, they're fools. You ever notice that? Like, younger cats need to get in, get hip to the Rolling Stones, man. Those people that complain about the Rolling Stones are wondering when I'm going to play the Flying Nun for number one song of the day. <laughs> or like Big Steve, he's got his techno Minecraft stuff. Listen, until you dig out Monobani, you're good. I can't remember what the most obscure thing I've played for number one song. <laughs> I have to dig deep, because this is number one song, number 281 that we've done. Damn. Acker uh, Blick, something like that. Yeah. Come in. Yeah. Probably the Despacito song. I, I felt ashamed playing oh, that one. Oh, that's a... Oh, boy. Uh, 30 studio albums for the Stones, 41 top 40 hits. This is their first of eight number ones, and this is from their fourth studio album called Out of Our Heads. It was May 6, 1965. Rolling Stones played for about 3,000 people in St. Petersburg, Florida. But about 200 of those fans became a little unruly, got into an altercation, and police officers had to come in and stop the show, just four songs in for the Rolling Stones. Well, Keith Richards went back to his hotel room that night, and he, this guitar riff, these lyrics just start popping, to, popping into his head because of this altercation. And he comes up with, can't get no satisfaction. So he records it on a portable tape deck, Went back to sleep, took that into the studio a week later, and they start banging it out. That's Funny thing is, on that recording, you can also hear him snoring because he forgot to press stop <laughs> on the tape. That's crazy, man. By the way, uh, so Keith Richards, when he wrote this, it was at the Fort Harrison Hotel. It was a famous hotel in St. Petersburg, Florida at the mm -hmm. time. But if you want to go visit it, you're going to probably have to join Scientology because those folks now own it. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yep. Well, it depends. How big of a Stones fan are you? You know, are you willing to go all the way? How much cash do you have? Yeah, that's true. Also, Dianetics. How good of a it's friend expensive. with Tom Cruise are you? Absolutely. If you're his best friend, you're in. Wow. This is. Oh, you said off the album. We're out of our heads. Out of our heads. Okay. Do you have access to information? Was there any other number ones off of that? No, I don't. Okay. I don't okay. believe so. Okay. Okay. No. Now this. Uh, the song was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 98, ranked number 10 for a song's critic all-time list according to acclaimed music. How about this as well, though? It was one of the world's most popular songs, if you can imagine. And Rolling Stone magazine, they updated their top 500 list this year. Comes in at number... You guys want to take a guess? Where does it come in at? Four. Got four over here. 14. 31. 31. One of the greatest songs of all time. Now, I'm going to add on to that here. We're not going to take a break yet because did you know Sesame Street once did a version called I Can't Get No Cooperation? <laughs> it's about a kid at school having trouble finding somebody to play jump rope 
and ride a seesaw. Nice. And I pulled it. I thought we should listen to it. Well, I'm sitting on a seesaw seat, thinking seesawing would be me. And I can't find a friend to sit on the other side. Yes, I tried it all alone, but I crashed down like a stone. Couldn't get no cooperation if I tried. No, 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 no cooperation. No, 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 no cooperation. No, no, no. no. It's not terrible. If if Bob Dylan did a version of "I Can't Get No Satisfaction," that's what it would sound like. But this sounded kind of like uh, Troy might know who this is. Question mark in the. Mysterians. Mysterians. 99 Tears. Can't. You know what? I like Devo's version of Can't Get No Satisfaction. Never never heard that one. Oh, my God. So in the movie Casino, when oh. they're sitting down at the... De- I can't get no satisfaction. That's, that's Devo's version, and Classic. that is a banger. Oh, yeah. Speaking of bangers, this is where David G steps up next with Ask Us Anything. Whoa. Before we get back to David G, we're going to... Get you an update here from the Cheez-It Bowl. Still 3-3, but uh, Clemson trying to score. What do you have for us, DG? Okay, so the now that Christmas is over, you're sitting back and you're thinking, this is the best time to think of gifts for someone for next year. I, I always, My mind's already on that subject. The last thing you threw away is your gift for everybody next year. What is the last thing... You threw away, I threw away a Dr. Pepper can, empty. So well, I can go I'm and doing. answer this for Troy. It's uh, Diet Coke cans. Uh-huh. My and wife will definitely not accept that gift. <laughs> She's already got enough hanging around the house. Pretty much, yeah. The last thing I threw away was uh, wrappers for sliders. Ooh. <laughs> from a local establishment. We had on, a, we, I asked that question on the Carrick Morning Show, we had some dirty diapers. <laughs> and that sends a real message to somebody. Like, I am not your fan ever. Still better than uh, dumping a fake letter with dog do in through a mail slot. Oh, God. Now we're talking crazy talk. Um... Mitch, did you can you didn't get a chance to ask or answer this one? Uh, if you met an exact copy of yourself, would you be super annoyed with each other or best friends? We'll probably be best friends because we would have a lot in common, and uh-huh. we would be annoyed with everybody else. You know, I, it's easy for me to get annoyed with people. With you two, I haven't yet, but we'll get there <laughs> oh, someday. Thank God. <laughs> I, I figured this week I was done for. Yeah, I, I'm still trying to figure out Troy's humor, but other than that, <laughs> dude, I that sounds like a threat almost, kinda. I like honestly now but I'm we kind would of... just trash talk everything. <laughs> we would, you know, make fun of everybody, you know, behind, you know, of course, but behind everybody's backs, they don't hear it. You behind know? the back is yeah, that that you got to go behind the back. That way you're still being friendly, and in case you need them sometime, it is now six three Clemson. Oh God! Um, wait a minute. Well, I had one pulled up here, gang, and uh, now I'm blowing it. Um, if you had to fight ten horse-sized, oh, yeah. d- oh you know, classic, classic uh, question. There, <laughs> I used to ask it as one hundred horse si- or uh, duck-sized horses, or one duck-sized. No, I'm sorry, I'm getting that mixed up. It's one hundred duck-sized horses, or one horse-sized duck. Nice. One and I, I always duck. took the one hundred. 
I'll take the horse-sized duck. I'll fight to the death of that stupid uh, So No, sorry. Mongo from Blazing <laughs> Shadows. Punch him out. Uh-huh. One more. What name or, or word do you hate being called? Did you answer this the last time? I think so. Okay, never mind. That's that's it. Sorry. We're going to have to start charting these for Dave. I know, really. Like I'm going to have to go back and I'm going to listen to the best of and hear every answer. Put together a I, uh, spreadsheet. I listen to this podcast called Are You Garbage? And it's like, ask us anything. You listen to it? Yes, I love that one. And uh, it's basically ask us anything on steroids, but it's just questions to figure out, are you trash or not? Yeah. and (laughs) There are some that I couldn't, I I mean, you can't even say on the air. And they're wonderful. Oh, they're wonderful. Uh, What's your nemesis right now? Do you have a nemesis right now? Oh, off and on, it's my girlfriend, Lindsay. Yikes. Yeah. I'm sure she's listening right now, too. Oh, boy. In the doghouse now. Other than that, just slow drivers in that, front of me. That That's a great setup for game night, by the way, right there, that she's your nemesis. <laughs> Squaring off. Oh, boy. That's it. That's all I got. Well, guys, this is going to do it for the uh, year 2021 because we have best of 2021 coming up tomorrow. And, of course, Friday is New Year's Eve, New Year's Day on the 1st. Troy and I heading to Houston. On the first, and then we're going to be live from Houston on the third, the day before the bowl game. That's for Wildcat Insider. All right, we're out of here for DG, for Troy. I'm Mitch. We'll see you next year.